Hi, everyone. Welcome to Down the Rabbit Hole on Domain Sherpa. Jen and JT here, and as we say on Domain Sherpa, all roads lead to domains. And in the reverse, our work with domains has us venturing all the time into different areas, hence the jump down the rabbit hole. So I'm going to try and say it cool like JT. This is our tech adjacent, <laughs> digital assets, pop culture, tangent positive, monthly podcast with some domain stuff thrown in for good measure. We're going to pick a couple of topics. We're going to cover some related news. Yep, and we're also going to bring in some interesting guests. To that end, today we have leading domain attorney John Barry Hill on the show, along with Drew, to talk about some legal issues related to domains with a lot of discussion about trademarks and UDRPs. And remember, if you're listening to the audio version of this podcast, you could also watch the video version at DomainSherpa.com and on our YouTube channel at DS.TV. You can also check us out on Apple and Spotify and the other podcast platforms as well. And as usual, big shout out to Dan.com, the number one place in the world to buy and sell your Domains with a special platform made for domain investors. With that, with that. <laughs> it's time to get into <laughs> this episode of Down the Rabbit Hole on Domain Sherpa, where all roads lead to domains. Let's go. What's up, Sherpa Network? Thanks for tuning in today. My name is Jonathan Tenenbaum, a.k.a. JT, a.k.a. J on, a.k.a. Sherpa Winfrey, the Mad Hatter and the host and producer of Domain Sherpa, where all roads lead to domains. Today's show is part of our Down the Rabbit Hole series, so welcome to the Tea Party. As we say here on Domain Sherpa, all roads lead to domains, and in the reverse, our work with domains has us venturing all the time into different areas and topics, some familiar crypto NFTs, digital assets, and plenty of others that aren't so familiar, hence the jump down the rabbit hole. This particular show is co-hosted by Jen and myself, and we describe it as our tech-adjacent digital assets, pop culture, tangent-positive, Drew, monthly podcast with some domain stuff thrown in for good measure. Uh, we'll pick a topic <laughs> or two to get into and cover some related news of the day, perhaps, and even bring on some interesting guests. On that note, today's topic is domains. Not today, and you No, know, today is the <laughs> most interesting guest. Yeah. We've got domains and legal hot topics with the one and only John Berryhill. So let's go ahead and let me introduce the tea party. I'm going to introduce John last. That's what I do, even though we had a whole topic the one day where everyone said, hey, you should introduce your guest first. But no, 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 that's not what we do. Just because you guys <laughs> asked for it. We're doing it the other way. That's how we do it here in, in uh, down the rabbit hole. All right. So below me, we've got Jen Sale, a.k.a. Ozzy Osbourne, a.k.a. Olivia Newton-Jen, a.k.a. Rocketile Dundee, a.k.a. Dingo Star, a.k.a. Mel Born to be Wild, a.k.a. Sipping on Jen and Juice, a.k.a. The Ever Queen, and a.k.a. of course on this show, Alice. Welcome and good morning. What is going on? It's not morning yet. It's still Wednesday. <laughs> for me <laughs> it's okay okay that's good just yep. just yeah just. we've got we've got lots of time zones accounted for on today's show so you know she's like at the absolute polar opposite end of australia from melbourne right yeah it's okay you know look i'm on you know i i approach this show as you know this is america first you know what i'm saying the winner of 50 plus <laughs> super bowls in a row you know what i'm saying so 
It's just, you know, we just. Where do we find this guy? <laughs> oh, gosh. Look, hey, I have no words. I have no words. You guys are the smart, the cultured ones, you know? Like, someone's got to be here for Have you ever been to man. Australia? Because smart and cultured isn't exactly the first words that come to mind. I think the tourists are the many, other Andrew, many, many smart, Andrew. many, many, many smart Australians. Cultured, however, is. Mm. Oh, wow. See, and you Andrew thought I was being offensive. Rosa, John, go ahead. Whoa, John, speak. He's like throwing it down today. Let's go. I, I love Australia. I, I The best time of my life was living in Australia. I met my wife in Australia. But that being said, like the culture that I observed was like drink until you're on the verge of passing out, get naked, party goes on. Like that was pretty much the extent of culture. It was like, Drink, get naked, continue partying. I think you just increased the amount of tourism to Australia right there. John, you were going to say something? I just wondered if Jen knew what her ancestors were convicted of. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. A lot of Australians. It's our favorite. Hey, look, it is our it's our second favorite penal colony. You know what I'm saying? Adrian Pinderis, his his uh, his great grandfather was a horse thief. You know, it's amazing what you learn. (laughs) (laughs) So. Oh gosh! <laughs> That's it. It's let's go. We we just I'm, got I'm started. Sorry, we are, Australia. We are I'm sorry, Australia. <laughs> no, I had I had a great time in Australia when when I was there. I I um I went to Auckland and Wellington. I didn't get to the West Island, but uh, here it's very nice. <laughs> well, John, uh, no. <laughs> You know what? Let's keep it moving, though. So, you know, that's this is what it, we're not even we're, we're just started. We're just getting started. So over to my lower right, we got my boy, the one and only Andrew Rosner, a.k.a. Morpheus, a.k.a. the Dirk Diggler, Digital Assets, a.k.a. Bob Lee Swagger, the Sniper, a.k.a. Drew. Drew got what I need, a.k.a. every Rosner has its thorn, a.k.a. never going to give Drew up, a.k.a. Blackbeard, the Domain Pirate, a.k.a. Cancel Adams, a.k.a. Level 14. Already making his presence felt offending Jen within the first 60, 90 seconds of the show. I don't know. You know offending, so. offending Jen? I'm pretty sure he just offended a whole country. So we, can <laughs> well, we don't on. care about the uh, rest of them. It's a whole me. country? <laughs> don't, think so. don't think so small. I offended a continent. Okay, there's only there, seven. Oh, well, there you go. Let's go. Hey, guys, if you're going to, sh- you know, shoot for the moon, everybody. That's today's lesson. That's right. Show. I, thought was, I thought it was a petting zoo with like lots of animals that will kill you. <laughs> exactly. It's the opposite of a petting zoo. It's like Squid Games version of the zoo. So, <laughs> it's all good. We're all like, hey, you know. Australia, the country where the most deadly animal in the country prefers urban residential environments. <laughs> oh, what is the What is it? The funnel spider. The funnel spider. Oh. Funnel web. Funnel web. Funnel yeah. web. Yeah. Funnel web spider. Yeah. yeah. All right. They're, well. they're not fun. And there's a reason why every time you go outside and if you've left your shoes outside, so say you've left like joggers or something, you need to actually stand on top of your shoes first. And if you hear a crunch, you don't put your foot in there. Yeah. That's oh, wow. just a tip. That's a tip. But that's actually, that's actually specifically for the gray recluse, I believe. The funnel web is more your friendly closet spider that's got a little little funnel web, you know, in, in dark oh. corners of things. I, you know what? I thought it was bad in Florida. You know, Florida's a little crazy with some of what we've got going on. No, right? you guys are just pansies in Florida. You know, <laughs> hey, man, you know, like, 
I don't know what to say to that other than America. America. Um, all right. You know, let's keep it moving. Let's keep it moving. We're doing this today. We're doing this. I'm so excited to be here. Over to my right, we got our special guest. Let me finally get to the real, the introduction, the one and only John Berryhill, a.k.a. the Rainmaker, a.k.a. the Legal Eagle, Beanie Siegel, a.k.a. Lance Armstrong, a.k.a. John the sweeter the Berry Hill, the sweeter the juice, a.k.a. John Berry Hill Street Blues. What's yeah. up, dude? How are you, man? Welcome to the show. Doing okay. You left out Fats Domino's Blueberry Hill. Ooh, okay, okay. Yeah. I, uh, you know, I, I did not have that one on my radar, but um, <laughs> you know, I. <laughs> so yeah, Lance Armstrong, obviously, real quick, the for the folks who don't know, um, you know, every year you and Elliot ride for charity with the uh, the 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 bike ride that y'all do, which is, uh, you know, we've been uh, lucky enough to sponsor that a few times and. Uh, which I, uh, you know, I know is for a great cause. And uh, so that's super cool. And then, uh, you know, I have a whole, I have a bio here. I mean, it's, it's PhD, ESQ, IP attorney extraordinaire dealing with patents, copyrights, trademarks, domain name issues. Are you still a voting member of the ICANN registrar constituency? Because according I to you, am I, can... no longer, I am no longer that. Did you have chat GPT write my bio? <laughs> I, did, I, did, I did not. The uh, I took that from the ICANN wiki. And, uh, you know, you represent. By the end, you might wish you did. <laughs> no, no, I'm almost done. I, like I said, um, you know, look, to say that you are a, you know, an IP attorney, one of the best domain attorneys in the space. I mean, you are in a lot of ways that guy, uh, extremely well-respected. You've been in the space a long, long time. Uh, when it comes to UDRPs, I mean, for folks that are out there for our audience, um, you know, if you do run into any issues around that kind of thing where you buy a name and you, you get hit with the UDRP, John should be the first guy that you reach out to. Um, and, uh, you know, but, and also just a great guy who's been in around the space forever and, uh, you know, been very, very gracious to me since I stepped into the space, you know, 10 plus years ago. So, uh, super excited to have you on the show, man. We, uh, you know, so, uh, I heard you couldn't get Zach, <laughs> you know, Zach was, <laughs> Zach was busy. It's all right. You, you did respond to my email. Thank you for that. You know, that was good. AKA plan B. <laughs> oh that's good uh, zach zach i i you know if you really wanted to have a legal show uh and, and zach's a much nicer guy in fact uh a couple of years back i said you know i i i need to channel zach muscovich more often because um you know i i i tend to get passionate uh about what i do i i yell and 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 uh and do all kinds of crazy things but uh, i thought you know if only i had like a like a picture of zach muscovich by my desk <laughs> like use it for inspiration okay later that week all right <laughs> <laughs> let's go so, <laughs> this is the picture of zach muscovich that i keep on my desk to look at whenever i need inspiration um but uh, and uh, you know it's an honor to be here. I've never I've never shirped before. Oh, awesome! Um, yeah. You know, I I thought uh, I I I didn't realize I got the B team. I wanted to talk to Amon Amar and Braden, but oh man, oh. I was I was Ouch. reaching. Ouch! <laughs> no, I'm, I'm glad Braden's not here. <laughs> because because I only insult the people that I'm with. Um, <laughs> I, I, someone recently accused me, all right. Someone recently accused me of, of, of being Braden's friend. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> oh, I, very in, unfortunate. Um, you know, bizarre context. One of those, you know, domainer conspiracy theory things. 
And, um, you know, I, I was, I was, I was accused of being Braden's friend. And, and, and I said, you know, and I was just, I was like, like, Braden is not my friend. So I, I probably <laughs> spoken to Braden. All right. Before this month, I probably spoke to Braden maybe 15 minutes in, in my entire life. Right. Yeah. We say hi and knew who each other were. And uh, so I saw him at the ICA meeting and, um, you know, I went up to him and, and I said, you know, Braden, are you my friend? And he looked at me and he said, no. <laughs> I didn't think so. You know, some guy recently said that, that you know, I was your friend, you know, and he's like, oh, let me find him. I'll straighten him out. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, 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 I thought maybe I have an opportunity now to make friends with Braden and uh-huh. <laughs> show but uh, we'll have to we'll, we'll we'll have to do this again and we will bring on Braden and yeah Mark. I mean you know that's it this show is all about bridging gaps you know I mean so I did talk to that's Zach it. earlier this week and I did say hey Zach you know do you want to be on the show and he said well if you've got John you don't need me oh. you know, so I think he was afraid that he wasn't going to be able to get many words in um you know but uh <laughs> were you so, <laughs> but Zach is also a fantastic attorney I mean there's a handful of great great attorneys in the space i mean obviously we deal with a lot of legal issues in the space i'm i don't know how many fingers you got on your hand but i got more than that so what do you mean well you said there's a handful of great domain attorneys in the industry and i said i don't know how many fingers you have on your hand but i have more fingers than there are domain great domain name attorneys in the industry Oh, okay. Yeah, you went negative with it. Not, not shocking. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's my mo. <laughs> I had to think about that for a minute. I was like, "You, it's too early in the morning. You making me feel like I'm doing calculus." I'm like, "Wait, it's not fair." I've only, I haven't worked with all of them, and so I can't actually state an opinion. But, but I think, yeah, there. Are, well, let's, gonna, can we agree that the there are game. several very good ones? And there are uh, several. Yes, and we deal with a lot of legal issues in general in and around our business. And actually, uh, this, I think there probably are exactly five that I can think of. I'm not going to. We're not going to do the name game, but but I think there are exactly five. Oh, so any, you didn't include Lieberman, huh? <laughs> oh man, I feel like this is going to be one of those shows that's going to like sort of change change some things. People are going to stop responding to emails and stuff shortly after this. Big shout out to Steve Lieberman as well. I'm going to be like, that's, that's the show. I'm going to be doing cleanup duty all show. Like everyone, is, as they get named, I'm going to be like, great guy. You know, one time we were hanging out, this and that. So, um, yeah, Jen, you have something to say? Were you? Uh, no, I was just waving to Steven saying hi. <laughs> she was waving the white flag. She's like, that's yeah. it. Steven and, um, and I are friends. Yes. I think Steven yes. and I are also friends. He, he probably doesn't think so. <laughs> There's going to be a lot of a lot of heart to hearts to be had after this show, trying to clear the air on who's actually friends with who. It turns out I would have thought you and Braden were actually were buddies. You know, that's uh, you know, um, and Amar. So, are you and Amar? Would you would you classify your your? Do you guys is there a friendship there? Another lawyer, by the way. You know, yeah. Uh, I've I've uh, I've known and worked with Amar for many years. Okay, that sounds like that's that's they, not a yes. He that's not a that. yes. That's He's like, ah, yes. you know, I know Mars is a human being that exists on planet Earth. You know, yeah, that, that's about right. Like, what was that the question? Um, you know, it's all good. This is this is kind of what I was saying. This was a good segue talking about legal issues that impact the domain space and how uh, you know that's that's kind of slides into what we want to talk about on today's show. So let's dive. 
Let's dive into a topic. Do we want to go in order? Do we want to pick one? I've, I'd like to get into the, the trademark piece, maybe to kick things off, unless you guys wanted to start with a different one. So I'll leave it up to uh, speak now, or we're just going to keep it moving. All right. Ever hold your I glanced, I glanced. I glanced at the topic list you sent around. Um, it's the most prep we've done, ever done for a show, for the, by the uh, way. Like John Pick. It's because Jen's involved. She, she's like, yeah, we exactly. can't just have John on and do this without having some sort of plan of attack. And I was like, oh, okay. So you want to like do this like a real show. Okay. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. That's what we do yeah. here. We actually plan. <laughs> we plan these shows. That's we put good. time into them. <laughs> that's true. That, that so, is- Jen, you pick You pick the topic then. Okay. So, well, yeah, we can start with the um, the trademark one. So oh, do you want to ref- Yes. Well, yes. you know, I think it's good because, look, for the domain maxis out there. All right. Uh, enough explanation. Let's start. <laughs> okay. You know, this is so, this, yeah. <laughs> I get I guess the way that we can start off is by talking about the recent tweet that we saw and yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't do do we want to call this person out by name? I just Oh yeah, we like, like calling people out. Yep, that's what oh, we do here. I mean All right. So there was a young man <laughs> named Kyle Price who Cow. <laughs> Kyle, Kyle, Kyle <laughs> tweeted, someone was squatting on the domain name for a brand I want to start, um, tried to make me pay 5K for it. I filed a trademark for the name, so now their domain is completely worthless except to me. I'll go back in six months and buy it for $50. Um, so, and then there was like, I mean, this at at the time of me screenshotting this tweet, I think it had like seventy two thousand views, um, and there he did turn comments off after a <clears> while <throat> because you know the domain community on Twitter, like domain Twitter, is vicious. They will come for you. And um, old Kyle learnt some lessons that day. So I, I think a South Park went Kyle. Billy, throw uh, Kyle, Kyle in the Kyle, Kyle. Put up the tweet as oh. well. Um, yeah, so- I actually have a direct, I mean, I have a directly related. It's so funny because after you guys sent out the, the topic list and then I, I clicked on the, the tweet that, because I had not seen that tweet until Jen sent it. I clicked it and I started reading that thread. And it was, I, 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 I swear, within hours, I received an almost identical email and situation about a domain that we own. And um, so, I, so I, yeah, very interesting. I, I have a lot of thoughts here, but my, mine are not as interesting as John's. Yeah, we want to hear John. John, tell us what you think about this young Kyle and his and his take and his approach to getting his domain name. Well, I, you know, I, I, I Kyle's not a friend of mine. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Just put wondering minds at ease. <laughs> Um, you know, I mean, look, people have, have, you know, funny ideas about things and, um, and, and, you know, there are schemes that get reinvented all the time. I mean, how many, how how many, you know, times have you seen somebody, you know, rediscover cyber squatting, right. Um, (laughs) and, you know, come to you, you oh, I've got, you know, Facebook metacoinmicrosoft.com. <laughs> <laughs> What's my best approach to sell them? You know, and, 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 you know, there'll be like, you know, some verbs and articles missing from their, their speech. 
Um, but you know, he almost made me spit my coffee out. Right. Yeah. So, so you can't say, oh, there are these, there are these horrible people that, you know, rediscover reverse, you know, domain hijacking. Uh, all the <laughs> um, you know, Kyle's starting a business and he wants to get a trademark for his business. You know, good for him. Um, that's that's a great thing to do. Uh, he'll 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 probably have you know uh, a difficult time getting the uh, getting the domain name depending upon you know what happens if the uh, if the domain name changes hands at some time. You know, so it, it could become a waiting game of sorts. There are people who who proceed and they figure, oh, that guy, he's got that domain. He's never done anything with it. I'm going to start. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to do a trademark. And eventually, he's going to get you know tired of paying his his renewal fees. Okay. Um, because, you know, they don't quite understand that for, you know, not all some domainers, it's, it's a numbers game where, you know, I've got, you know, 50,000 domain names and I have a carrying cost for those. And I, you know, make this, this amount of money. Um, and, and people tend to think of it as like, it's, you know, just some guy somewhere holding that domain name, you know, to spite their dreams. And, and I can, I can understand that, you know, you can, you can understand what it's like, uh, you know, when someone else has something that you want, uh, when you were maybe eight years old, <laughs> and so you know, like, like if if you have if you have two you have two children two children, uh, you have uh two toys, and you put the two children in the room. You give one child one toy, and then you give the other child the other toy, and each one of them wants the toy the other one has. Um, they can't be, you know, they, they have, to, because there's something about getting it from that other person, or it's just, you know, it's, it's something I don't have and I want, you know, which I think, you know, uh, certainly you two can, uh, understand. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I can't, I can't fault, uh, Kyle for, you know, for being, for being human. Um, and, you know, fine. He wants to start a business, get a trademark. You know, there's, there's lots of TLDs now. Uh, I'm sure that, you know, he can get a, a name from Suitha if he needs to. Uh, <laughs> oh man. Josh is like stomping through the garden. Just like, he's like, I, he's like, there are zero fucks to give here. But, you know, um, but like I said, sometimes it is a waiting game. Um, yeah. if, well, uh, I mean, as most people know in, in the UDRP, the, dispute mechanism that is inherent in gtld domain contracts um the weight of authority now is that in order to prove the domain name was registered and used in bad faith uh that you have to show that the domain name was registered in bad faith which means that there had to have been a trademark against which you know you were exercising that bad faith at the time you registered it uh you know that's you but if if you transfer the domain name to someone else uh, the weight of, you know, the weight of authority under the UDRP is that we're going to look at how long this person has had the domain name. Now, there are some exceptions to that. This person might have formed a corporation and transferred it to the corporation. This person might have died and left the domain name to his wife. Um, so there, there are certain types of, you know, in-house transactions where it formally changes registrants. But, you know, hey, maybe Kyle could get lucky. Maybe whoever has that domain name, you know, gets tired of holding it. And then it will become more difficult for a new registrant, um, you know, to deal with Kyle. Uh, the more, you know, I've been at this for uh, 
I've been at this for more than 20 years. I've been at this since before there was an ICANN and there was the, the network solutions domain dispute policy, which I won't go into. So um, that, that's that, a good that, one though. That's there's good history there, but continue. Me, it has given me two things. Uh, it has given me um, gray hairs <laughs> and, wrinkles, uh, and it has given me a, a long-term perspective on how these things, you know, tend to, to sort out. Mm-hmm. And, um, I have seen, you know, more businesses, you know, come and go uh, in those situations. Uh, the 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 likely result is that, you know, Kyle's business will not turn out, which is no reflection on Kyle. Most most new businesses is it isn't right? it though? Isn't, isn't it though? <laughs> For you know, it, it just to interject no, one second on that. that very specific topic. You know, interestingly. Uh, you know, having been done this, having done this domain brokerage thing for, for a while now, I have observed that, and I make up these numbers in my head because I don't like to actually analyze data, but I, I make up these numbers that roughly 80%, uh, just because the Pareto principle makes it seem better, um, 80% of the companies who where the founder says like, I don't, you know, I deserve this name. There's a sense of entitlement and they, 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 ultimately pass on the opportunity to acquire their exact brand match.com domain name. 80% of those companies fail after within a five-year time frame. If you go, if you look forward five years and 80% of the companies that actually say, yes, I don't care about the emotions. I don't care about this or the entitlement. I, my company, I, I know what my company's trying to build. And therefore with this long-term vision, I can justify the acquisition of this domain name, regardless of whatever the price or circumstances. And 80% of those companies five years out succeed. And um, and so I think it is actually a, a pretty strong reflection on Kyle. Uh, <laughs> There's a lot of judgment on Kyle today. And, um, but no, I think real, but real quick, <laughs> we will all channel Zach and be reasonable and much nicer. Um, but here, so here's a question, John, you know, cause you mentioned the, the piece about the timing of registration and the intent at the time of registration. But then you mentioned if the name is sold, transferred, then, you know, it then runs with the, so it's really the current registrant. It's, so it doesn't go back to the original registration of the domain, but more so the acquisition of the domain by the current registrant really becomes the question when they're judging, when when they're looking, the panel is deciding, you know, whether or not there was this bad faith intent, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a there's a there's a problem in there because I can I can. I can tell you, you know, one one scenario in which yeah, Kyle might have something, uh, you know, and I can tell you, you know, sort of a, a, on the other side, uh, what 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 happens. But one of the problems with um, uh, with I have to be careful because I don't like to. When I first started out in this, I used to share, you know, all kinds of like I had these like like evil schemes on, you know, how you, <laughs> sub, um, you know, subvert uh, various systems because I, I started out at life in engineering school. I, my doctorate is in electrical engineering, and um, you know, I, I think every engineer, you know, has a, a an approach to systems where it's like, okay, here's a system, you know, how can I break it? You know, mm-hmm. I, I find out how to break it i want to find out where the where the problems are and when i was younger that was kind of my approach to 
to the legal system. Um, that said, all right, I, I will I will give I will give I will give Kyle uh, maybe some some guidance here that might be helpful to him. But I will, mm-hmm. I, will I will I will hand out an equally sharp weapon to the other side. <laughs> Um, and and watch the blood ensue. Yeah, yeah. I'll, it, give, they, I'll give sharp weapons to everyone. <laughs> and watch them fight. You get a knife, and you get a knife, and you get a knife. Um, the the weirdest piece of of advice in a legal dis in a, in a UDRP scenario, uh, where uh someone acquired the domain name after the trademark. Uh, but the domain name has been registered for a long time. You know, they they bought it from somebody, whatever. It's a portfolio sale. Well, yeah, sometimes portfolio sales fall under that category of not really transfers. But in any event, um, and they have a they they put it on you know automatic parking. The domain name, of course, resolved to something that was relevant to the trademark. You know, and here they are with a domain name registered. Uh, you know, uh, junior to the trademark and uh infringing content on the on the site um and you know these kinds of folks will sometimes make their way uh make their way to a lawyer and, and say well, you know what what can you do for me and i will i i have a hard time taking people's money you know for for no value all right and and there are people <laughs> have like really no chance at all and they're like well you know can you can you just can you do it anyway all right and i I think in in one or two situations it it was you know i know i'm going to lose the domain name but i'd like to get the revenue for another month um so can you okay (laughs) and it's it's hard it's hard to stretch out a udrp um and uh you know it it, particularly at, at one of the providers they run you know they run very quickly and on time but the problem is for the UDRP panelists looking at this where, okay, well, here's a domain name that, or, or here's a trademark that was, you know, came into being uh, five years ago. Here's a domain name that was created 20 years ago. And the respondent's not here. And so it is typically uh, difficult. It can be very difficult for a panelist in that position to um, appreciate whether or not the domain name has changed hands. Mm. And sometimes the complainant, you know, leaves leaves that out. Now, some folks will look at it and say, look, you know, historical who is data is is not, you know, readily accessible to people. Obviously, there are commercial tools that that I use and that maybe you use uh, to look at things like who is history. But even that sometimes doesn't really tell you the whole story because it's, you know, snapshots in time and you have to, to make some inferences. Um, so one thing that complainants will do is look at archive.org, look for, you know, server changes, look for content changes, look for registrar changes uh, over time. Uh, to the extent it was a registrar parking page at one registrar and now it's somewhere else and, you know, try to do that. But there have been a lot of situations where uh, UDRP decisions have come out and said, well, no, the, the complaint is denied because the domain name is older than the trademark. And yeah, you know, some of the folks that I, you know, confer with about, uh, you know, these kinds of issues will look into, you know, the who is history and say, well, you know, had the panelists known uh, that the domain name changed hands, uh, they would have ordered transfer of the domain name, which means that there are situations in a, in a UDRP dispute where if you want to keep the domain name, your best move 
is simply not to respond. Okay. Cause number one, you can't, I mean, a lot of people will say, well, you know, there's this easy technique called lying. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Lying is not a good long-term strategy, Uh, you know, but uh, I I mean, I, I, are there perjury implications in a UDRP? Oh boy. Um, Uh (laughs) This gets to one of my ICANN policy beefs in general, but yeah, when you, when you file a UDRP, you sign a statement saying that, you know, this is, um, this is the complete and relevant truth. All right. Uh, A lot of times you'll see that where I nail people to the wall is they, they leave out the pre-dispute correspondence and stuff. They've signed a certification saying that they've said everything that's relevant. They've left this out. Um, in the United States, uh, I'm a U.S. lawyer, uh, independent of any rule of the UDRP, um, there, it is a criminal offense to make false statements by uh, electronic communications in interstate or international communications, uh, make material false statements for the purpose of obtaining a thing of value. Okay, that is wire fraud. You can, you can go to jail for it, okay? But... Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, there aren't a whole lot of UDRP cops running around. Um, I've had decisions where uh, a panelist has said, gee, it would be nice if somebody would refer this attorney to their bar disciplinary uh, authorities mm-hmm. and things like that. And any UDRP um, can be a prelude to litigation. There are, there are, mm-hmm. don't give up. There was this <laughs> space guy. I was so hoping he would sue. Uh, but like uh, pocketbook.com, a case that recently concluded uh, that I successfully defended the domain name uh, pocketbook.com in a UDRP. Uh, oh. The complainant was unhappy. They filed a lawsuit uh, and they and they can do that. So, you know, it, it may turn out, you know, and I know there are people who, you know, are hiding in some, you know, unreachable hole in, in the world. <laughs> like, you know, people that live you know, Australia or something like that. <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's a, it's a lawless wasteland, you know, that's where they got bin Laden, right? You know, there's nothing you can John, do. Roll up your sleeve and show them the America tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh. Where am I? Where am I? You're down the rabbit hole. You're down the rabbit hole. All right. So that is, that is, um, you know, the advice I try not to give people, you know, when they come to me and I say, well, you know, your best move actually is to do nothing. And actually, as a general rule, uh, I, people come to me, they're very excited about this, that, or the other thing. Sometimes I get taken hostage on a CC line. Um, there's, uh, there's, there's a recently divorced couple in this world uh, who are fighting over some domain name. And I don't know which one of it was, but one of them decided to put me on the CC line because, you know, like adding a lawyer who's not saying anything to your email makes it extra oomph, you know, (laughs) I have to create a little little folder in my inbox for these, these, these crazy people, um, you know, who are going, I mean, uh, who are going at each other uh, as only, you know, divorcing spouses can. Yeah. Uh, so people come to me and they want action. They want something done. And, and the first step really in any legal problem is to think about maybe what, first off, what are the consequences of doing nothing? And sometimes the consequences of doing nothing are, uh, you know, better than you might think. So, you know, for Kyle, for example, 
Uh, if he gets, if he does get his trademark and and runs his business and he and that and that's fine, um, you know he should leave that leave that domain uh, you know alone. Maybe it will change hands and he will see it because he's watching it. Unlike somebody that comes along, you know, with a trademark they got last year and a twenty year old domain name, they don't know, you know that that uh, you know that that Andrew sold it to somebody last month, right? So, um, but uh. Kyle, so it might work out for him. You know, maybe maybe the person does get tired of holding the domain name, and 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 Kyle has an opportunity there. Um, the other thing is, it might really kind of depend on on what sort of trademark Kyle's going for. Um, he won't necessarily get the domain name, but uh, if he has a very distinctive, an inherently distinctive trademark, like trademarks come in in, in several flavors. Uh, there are you know, descriptive ones like American Airlines. Uh, it's an American airline. How did they get a trademark for that? It's just two dictionary words. Uh, they got a trademark for it because they've been doing it since 1939. And, and at the airport, everybody knows the, the, oh, that's, you know, that's American Airlines. You know, they don't say, you know, all the American Airlines are over here and there's Delta and, and United and all that. Uh, it is just, it has become distinctively associated. That's why in the minds of consumers with that product, that's why we call it intellectual property. And the weird thing about trademarks is with patents, you know, or copyrights, I own the creative output that comes out of my mind. Uh, in trademarks, really what I own, really what the value is, is that little piece of your mind and your mind uh, that associates the mark with, with my stuff. All right. So. Inception. Yeah, you're you're owning you're owning little brainworms in, in in people that are like you know oh I have a structured settlement and I need cash now, you know I mean I I have that telephone number <laughs> memorized you know. But, <laughs> by the way, if you want to sell a structured settlement, I got this great scheme. I will uh, I will, I will <laughs> settle any claim for you for a million dollars. Okay, a dollar a year for a million years, and I mean that probably has a a net present value of of you know something something significant, something okay. negative. You guys getting a settlement for a dollar a year for a million years? You have a million dollar settlement. See if you can you know social engineer your way into you know some yeah, other. No, I like that. That's good. Yeah, that it'll probably. Work I have better. an emotional distress <laughs> claim against Drew that we could probably work out some kind of a settlement on that we can then go go leverage with those guys. So. Yeah, no problem. I'll give you. I'll, I'll give you a million dollars over a million years. No problem. But some trade, some trademarks only mean one thing. All right, when uh, when when dry cop dry photocopying was invented, um, the uh, the name xerography was applied to it. There was no other, which means dry writing, and the company was called Xerox X E R O X. Now there is there there is there was nothing else that. Meant you know, that meant Xerox. I mean, it wasn't, it didn't exist as a word until this company came along. That is an inherently distinctive mark. All right. And they get a, a wider swath of protection. You can have, you know, you can have monster energy drink. You can have monster electrical cables. You can have monster.com employment listings, and they can all live together, you know? And so, so Kyle's mark, might be in in what UDRP terms has come to be known as you know susceptible of a non infringing use. Okay, mm -hmm. uh, the most popular laundry detergent in the United States is is called Tide. All right, but if you have Tide something or other, uh, and it and it deals with fishing or you know the phases of the moon or boating or something like that, we know you're using it in the in the in the primary meaning of the term. But what if the term has no primary meaning and it's inherently distinctive? Well, to the extent 
that Kyle goes ahead and does that. He, because he, well, he, a lot of people, I think, missed what Kyle was saying. Uh, he he backed off a bit and and said, "I'm you know I, okay, I'm not going to get the domain name, but I will make it worthless for that guy." Mm-hmm. And to an extent, he's he's correct. If if it's a really distinctive term and it takes off, it doesn't have to become you know really really famous. But like, oh, it's one of those businesses with a silly name that's made up, um, and it does you know it does generate that mind share more quickly if it is an inherently distinctive term so he could kill the value of it and and then can, can, can i push back on that for a second yeah go ahead because yeah. my interpretation I, I would to, have been I, I agree with drew because i pushed back on uh, exactly the same argument like with adam i was i was i know what you're gonna say drew and i, well, well, I think so, i'm with you <laughs> yeah i i mean I, I you know i do this often usually not in public but i i, I look at you know an argument that john makes and Deep down at the core of my brain, I, I know he's right and I'm wrong, but I can't help myself, which is going to be the case here. So um, I, 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 I read what Kyle said in that thread, precisely what you just mentioned about, you know, no, I'm not going to get the domain name, but I've got this trademark. And so it's going to be worthless to this, to this domain owner. Nobody else is ever going to buy it. And I thought to myself, well, okay, we don't know what the domain name is here, but um, you know, he has to file for a trademark. It's going to be in a specific class. I'm making an assumption that it's going to be a singular class, but maybe it's about, maybe it's 20 classes. But let's just say that he, he gets a trademark and let's say he does, I don't know, he makes bicycles. Okay. He's got the hottest, best thing since sliced bread, bicycle. Here we go. It's going to be called whatever, you know, I don't know, pink tulip. Okay. So pink tulip, he's got that trademark. He's feeling really good about himself. <laughs> He's going to go build bicycles. They're going to be called Pink Tulip. Now what, right? Now, this guy that's got Pink Tulip, well, maybe somebody else comes along and they're going to have fishing reels called Pink Tulip or they're going to have a petting zoo. How is he actually, he hasn't really done anything uh, unless it is literally like pinkbicycles.com and he is literally going to go out and build pink bicycles and somehow gets that descriptive trademark that I you know, I'm just trying to go to the extreme to make the point. I, I, I'm aware that he probably oh, oh, will not get a trademark for pink bicycles. In my scenario, we're talking about inherently distinctive marks. Well, yeah. yeah, yeah, so, yeah so, so I'm so, trying so. to make the exact opposite point. So if it was inherently distinctive, if he comes up with, you know, pink tulip, mm-hmm. all right, or, or let's say tulipopia, okay? It's tulipopia. And um, it is clearly distinctive. Nobody's ever used it before. And he's still going to make pink bicycles. Drew so, Rogers said to register Tulipopia. Tulipopia. <laughs> Already done. That will be I, I just got it in three TLDs. I three minutes sold. of this, this coming out. I just out. bought Tulipopia.xyz from Swetha. Uh, okay, so... <laughs> <laughs> so... So... Um, I'm sorry, Drew. If he had... If it was... To, in, in the case of Tulipopia, uh, my assumption would be that he hasn't really done himself any favors other than he's filed a trademark for his business. That's all well and good, as you stated. But I don't think it really does anything to affect the outcome of the domain name because there's a 0.0001% chance somebody else is going to come up and say, I'm going to make a pink bicycle company called Tulipopia. Now, if it was more, let's say, descriptive, and it was like, I don't know, uh, Bicycletopia, Okay, and 
um, even though it's somewhere in the middle between descriptive and, uh, 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 I don't know, generic, amorphic, or for lack of a better word, um, uh, we like, uh, then it's clear nobody's going to get, nobody's going to create a brand called Bicycle Topia unless they're going to be doing something in the realm of bicycles, seemingly. And so, um, in that case, I would agree that, okay, he has a trademark now for bicycle topia. He is in the field of manufacturing bicycles and dot com owner of bicycletopia.com has not a prayer in hell of selling that to anybody else because who, right? So in that case, I understand your argument, but in the case that's of the something- case I, That's the only case I met. That's the only okay. case I met where it's inherently distinctive, Mark, he will kill it. And and that happens a lot because, you know, I I I- have you know normal trademark clients apart from domainers um and you know when, when <laughs> I, have, I have normal people as clients not just domain people <laughs> I know. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of what I said. yeah <laughs> uh, you have some normal people <laughs> but uh you know when 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 someone's seriously looking to, to start a business and and they want to you know they they really a lot of people like to have a clear field and so if um you know if 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 there's a tulipopia registered mark you know for bicycles and i'm going to be doing you know whatever some something else because i see this all the time on one of the one of the online forums where people are like oh trademarks are specific to class it's like well let's you know nothing nothing is is necessarily as etched in stone as i think it is like i don't know what they think i do all day but um <laughs> you know people will you know look look at a, a sort of a broader spectrum and and particularly where you know it, it's a made-up word or something like that where they want to have a clear field and i want to have a runway to some way developing my mark into you know a famous mark where the class doesn't matter okay if, if you make coca-cola sneakers you know people are going to reasonably think according to the way that these things go that it has something to do with coca-cola <laughs> and um you know, there, there have been, there. I mean, and, and there are now, you know, uh, theories where it's like, well, someone would assume that they may be licensed it for that. Um, so, you know, it, it can depress the sale value of the name simply because other buyers that are, you know, serious and, and, and yeah. have due diligence and, and, and that kind of thing, you know, might be, might be put off. So, I, 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 I will get, I, you know, he won't totally destroy it. It depends on the mark. Uh, but I so will let, let's examine uh, one smidgen of, of being an annoying dick bag. Uh, who <laughs> the value Kyle, the we annoying love you, Kyle. Kyle. Wait, we love you, Kyle. Kyle. I don't you know, know, Kyle. He might be a wonderful guy. That he should be his like, that's Kyle's like, it's gonna be on his business card. Uh. You know? His role is annoying dick bag <laughs> on Kyle's business card. But I do think you make a couple of really interesting we'll points. We'll come I, back as a fire ant. Next I would life. think that, you know, so I think it's clear on a couple of things based on like what we're talking about. If the name is, you know, fanciful, right? If it is a name like Google or something, and he does actually have success in whatever his business is and creates, you know, that, you know, that inherent, um, you know, in the minds of consumers, the, you know, the connection between his brand and his services and, and, and it becomes a somewhat ubiquitous mark, then, you know, there, that will, you know, hinder the value of the domain to someone else who's going to buy it because like kind of what we've all sort of said, um, 
you know, he becomes the only buyer really that's willing to spend real money on the domain. I think you can make a couple of points though. Then this is also now predicated on Kyle's ability to be successful with his new brand and his, his ability to be successful with his new brand without the actual .com domain name, which I think is going to really handicap him in the first place. So it's yeah, like, look, you at know, that, look at the stats that I gave you. 80% of these guys. You did. Failed. You gave us real stats backed up by the U S department of nothing, but um, all right, so no, I think this was good. I think hey, so, so let me give a quick Kyle the best. Uh, <laughs> yes. Kyle. We're going to move on from Kyle. And I, 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 I will also suggest though, however, to Kyle, one, one friendly piece of, of not advice, but general wisdom is um, don't broadcast your legal strategy on Twitter. <laughs> don't <laughs> air your dirty laundry in public. You know, there will, if you want to find somebody that, to disagree with you about something, you know, I mean, <laughs> you will do so. But I, I hate it when these things turn into. Remember that 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 uh, martial arts movie, The One, uh, where you know that guy ultimately ended up with the only two copies of himself in alternate universes, and the the other one went down to the top of this this mountain, and he had to you know fight everybody that was on this desolate planet. Um, you know, I I. It's entertaining to watch, but you know, you don't have to, you know, drag another victim into domain Twitter on a regular basis. So, so Kyle, if you're out there, you know, so and 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 have a great life. Media Options is the industry's leading domain broker specializing in domain acquisitions, high value domain sales, and domain name consultation. As pioneers and thought leaders on the subject of the domain aftermarket and domain name value, plus through their clear domain acquisition service, Media Options offers startups and established corporations an unparalleled scope of high value domain options, providing access to domain names and curation technologies not available elsewhere. Media Options believes in the power of a great domain name and is dedicated to helping you obtain yours. Call or email today to put a domain to work for you. Uh, along the same lines, but I want to pivot to, to my specific example that, that I received on the same day that I that we put this on the topic list. So I we, we own the domain name MyPond. No, 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 no. I, I MyPond.com, and this is very frivolous. So uh, we own the domain name MyPond.com. Okay, uh, which I think is quite a good quite a good example because it could be fanciful depending on its use case so and it could be descriptive if you were using it uh uh you know lots of fish in the pond across yeah there are are a number of things that refer to something other than you know a a a place where you know a hole in the ground full of water australians yeah so um uh so this gentleman (laughs) emails and he says you know uh i'll give you fifty dollars for mypond.com to which we replied, thank you, but no thank you. And he replied, well, what is the price? And we said, well, it would be materially more than you've offered. And he replied back, well, I've got the copyright for this oh, domain love name. Love oh, he didn't get the I've got the copyright for this domain <laughs> name. The and therefore, I am rendering your domain name worthless. We are the only buyer. And so good luck. Let me know when you're ready to accept my $50 offer. And um, you know, to which I began writing some long, you know, dialogue of making him feel bad and hoping he'll jump off a bridge. But I decided not to because I thought, well, um, you know, at the end of the day, it comes back to that 80-20 rule. This guy's business is desperate for failure anyways. And so just let him just, you know, wallow. Um, but I, I you know, 
I think that the, 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 this confusion among, and I see this even among, you know, this guy's clearly not intelligent, but there, I see this among even seemingly intelligent people um, that they confuse the idea of copyright and trademark. Um, why is that, John? Oh, man. Wow. You're just like, <laughs> then it's like flash forward to three hours later, you know? So, um, I mean, at, at some level, they're similar. They're similar concepts. But, you know, the, like like I said, the, the copyright, a copyright is 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 your your creative effort. And I realize some creativity goes into making up trademarks. But, uh, you know, that is my creative effort. And, you know, copyright in here is in, in works of art, you know, stuff like that. It doesn't in here in you know, short slogans and phrases and stuff like that. Uh, it lasts a lot longer. Um, I write a book. I have the copyright. I don't have to do anything else. I have that copyright. My, you know, my children and my grandchildren can, you know, go along and and, and take out all the dirty words and republish it someday. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, a, a trademark is, is, again, it's that piece of other people's you know, brain. So if, if somebody has to come and, you know, tell you how famous their trademark is and you've never heard of it, uh, you know, there's there's kind of the, the first impression right there. But one of the things I would ask uh, is, you know, what is what is the domain name doing? Um, is it uh, is it, it'd be a great name? My Pond. You know, here's a picture of my pond. So um, this guy's specific, what he does is he makes a sealant, you know, those tubes that you put in the the, the, the squeezer gun. So he, he makes like tubes caulk. of caulk. Exactly. Caulk. That's the word I was looking for. He makes a specific type of caulk sealant caulk. that is for fish tanks. That's, that's all he does. All cool. right. I, I dig it. And Here's it's called my pond. But you know, somebody who doesn't understand the distinction between copyright trademark and saying, I hereby render your, you know, your domain worthless is like Michael Scott oh, declaring bankruptcy the in the office. I he says, checked. I declare bankruptcy. By coming out into the, you know, because he's broke. And uh, it's like, just because you say it doesn't make it so. Well, go ahead. But here's the, here's the best part. I actually checked. He doesn't even have a trademark. So he believes that this, this you know, because you could say, well, maybe he just confused his words. But he, he must have a trademark if he's making such bold claims. No, he has no trademark. Yeah. His business well, did he is have operating without a trademark for the product. There's, you know, certain did common law. Oh God! You have an invisible lawyer because the best ones are the ones that that, that, oh, yeah, that yeah. tell you about their lawyer. All right, yeah. I have a lawyer, and he's going to come after you. And it's like, well, why, why, you know, is, does your lawyer not, you know, know how to write? You know, why, yeah. why, why, why <laughs> is your is this <laughs> lawyer in the room with us right now? You yeah, know, that be on the CC line. You know, and 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 uh, you know, I've I've seen those things where I can't write back to that guy. He says he has a lawyer. Yeah, that's true. So, I will write to the to the CC line hostage, and uh, sometimes gotten very entertaining results. Like, you know, oh yeah, I, I don't know who this guy is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've seen so that. I have an amazing tool for specifically those instances, and it's some one of the few things that I take tremendous pleasure with in my career. When yeah. somebody makes a threat to me, and they CC a lawyer, where you know that they've just randomly fucking thrown this guy, it's like great. Let's create some billable hours. So I will then write an extraordinarily detailed and as long as I have time for email that includes all forms of things. This guy's going to have to do research. He's going to have 25. I'm going to, I'm going to add every previous email as an attachment to this email. And I'm going to reference those emails. 
I'm going to delete all previous threads of that email from below my responding line so that he has no choice but to open each individual attachment to find the appropriate answer. And it is phenomenal. It is literally the fastest way to end one of these conversations because that guy just incurred three or four hours of billable hours. Do you guys see what I'm dealing with? Do you see what I deal with on a regular basis? I just want everybody to understand the play. So... Last question, and then let's move on to another. You, they tell you they have the right to remain silent. <laughs> That's why they, exactly. <laughs> there is no right to remain silent with Drew. But um, anyway, the uh, so real quick, one last sort of piece of minutia on this. If somebody's trademark is not actually registered, but it's filed, right, for the purposes of UDRP, um, do you need it to be registered in order for it to actually be successful? You know, let's assume that the, you know, the, the name was registered post- the re- uh, filing of the trademark, right? Uh, but the trademark itself has not actually been officially registered yet. You, 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 you know this is a pet peeve of mine. <laughs> yeah, you know, look, we're here to get to the bottom of the rabbit hole. You know, we're here to get to the bottom of it all. All right. Um, in my county, if you want to walk your dog in the in the public parks, you have to get a dog license, and you have to go down, and you have to pay money to the county and they will register uh your dog license and um they have uh the 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 database is online you can you can go and search who has a dog license and who who does not have a dog license so if you want to know if i have a dog um you might think well i'll go down and i'll look to see if john has registered his dog okay I might have a dog and maybe I don't want to walk it in the public park. I keep it on my own property. I don't care. It'll bite your ass when you come in through the door. Um, and it is not registered with the county. Also, you the dog licenses, they are good for, uh, they're renewable for in, in five-year increments. Okay, so you go down to the county office and you look and you see, aha, uh-huh, I'm not going to rob John Berryhill's house because this dog license here shows that he has a dog. All right. My dog died two years ago. The licenses last for five years. Okay. So I can have a dog without a registration and I can have a registration without a dog. All right. (laughs) Trademarks are the same thing. Just replace trademark (laughs) with the word dog in the U S and, and again, you know, this is, there are different notions around the world about what trademarks are and what they do. Um, but if I, it is that, it is that goodwill that I've earned in conducting my business, mm-hmm. um, that consumers associate that thing with my business. Um, you know, the guy who, um, the guy who, the guy who came and started making sriracha sauce in the U S, mm-hmm. um, everybody knows it's the one with the chicken on the label. Um, and, uh, it, it comes in a clear bottle with a green cap and, and all of those elements of the way that that thing is presented on the shelf. You know, you know, when you grab that one, you're grabbing the Hoi Fong food sriracha sauce. Um, he didn't register, you know, a, a, a lot of marks. He really, uh, he's really into making sriracha sauce and making it <laughs> people around the world love now. And, um, you know, he he uh, he built all that goodwill, uh, you know, without registering uh, a lot of trademarks. 
um or without really any uh initially you know uh dr bronner's soap you know was was another one that that i don't know if that's a, a global product or not but it's a weird one yeah well they don't so, use soap in australia so if you have a dog and you want to walk it in the public park if i have a trademark and i've been doing business in my area and i expect to expand coast to coast but i'm already you know conducting some regional business I might want to register my trademark because it gives me nationwide presumptive validity and ownership of that mark. Uh, it gives me uh, notice. You know, people people who are my competitors are, are deemed to have constructive notice of my registered mark. There are lots of reasons why I might want to register my mark, uh, but certainly I can have a, a a trademark that everybody knows and loves without registering it. So, um, you know the. Think that the, the filing date, the first use date, is it an intent to use application? Is it a use-based application? All that stuff kind of has relevance, all right? 99% of the time, uh, people talk, you know, they look in a database and they talk about, oh, well, they have a trademark, you know, and it's like, it's like a, a pending uh, intent to use application on a descriptive word. I mean, there's lots of data there that people misinterpret. So, um it's uh I, I could I could do a whole day on that, uh and, and I can see your face sinking there. But um <laughs> certainly you do not need a registered mark in order to prevail in a UDRP provided all the all the other conditions are met. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, and a lot of times you say, Well, how would how would someone know about an unregistered mark? And it's like, well, you know, if if they are actually Cyrus Glotting, if they have actually registered the domain name and are doing something to take advantage of that mark um then uh you know i i think it's pretty clear they knew about it right. um so you know it, it's a little bit more difficult uh you know registering your trademark gives you automatic proof of it you know here it is you know it, it, now the burden's on you if i have a common law mark the burden's on me to prove that i have a common law mark if i have a registered mark the burden's on you to prove that i did that my mark's not valid mm-hmm. all right so it's yeah, a that's fair point and it gets you into federal court, you know, it, it, it's like, and I, I do, I occasionally do UDRPs for uh, complainants and I've done some that have registered marks and some that don't. Uh, and it's really nice when they have a registered mark because you can say, here's the registered mark. And here's the other thing where people were, were, were common complainant mistakes in UDRPs. Here's my registered mark. Well, fine. You know, are you conducting business? Are you, you know, doing anything with it? Have you, used it you know if you don't lose if you don't use a registered mark for three years it's presumptively abandoned uh, but you don't know that by looking at the database uh, the database is a helpful tool uh if you see something in the database go do a google search find out what they're doing you know the there's a lot of data there that you can check on who they are and where they are and and what they might be up to uh, and you can get a grip on you know how prominent they are or when they launched or how they came to prominence uh, that kind of thing. But uh, yeah, getting hung up on trademark registration is uh, an unfortunate fact of of, of uh, domain law life. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So no, and I think that, you know, leans more to the what's actually happening in reality, right? And, you know, which is more of a common sense almost approach. Do you think the panelists do a good job of, uh, I guess it's kind of your job if you are um, you know, depending on the side that you're on is to, to paint the proper picture with the facts to show whether or not the mark is being used in commerce and those kinds of things to, is it a valid trademark? Is it being actually infringed upon? And, you know, does, do the panelists do a decent job of getting to that? If you paint the picture for them and provide them like, like draw them to it. 
Yeah, and 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 painting the picture, that's a that's a great way to put it because um, you know, all the facts are relevant. A lot of people take a very reductive approach to, you know, oh, well, there is there is there are these facts, and I want you to focus on these when in fact, you know, there's a whole constellation of facts. Mm -hmm. Um, and in terms of you know, UDRP panelists and what they do. Uh, you know, most UDRP cases uh, are are no brainer, distinctive. You know, trademark. It's the, you know, it's it, it it's the 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 twentieth typographical error of Shopify. Um, you know, it's they do this day in and day out, and I I think, you know, part of the problem when an interesting case comes along. Uh, is there are there are panelists who've issued you know. 150 UDRP decisions and have never could never never denied a complaint. You think, oh, well, they're really biased. And it's like, well, you look at the cases that they've gotten, and you know, WIPO just kind of shovels this to sort of there is a tier of panelists that do a lot of the a lot of the UDRP grunt work. And mm -hmm. they know they they know at some of the providers that okay, well, you know, Zach Moscovich showed up to defend this one. Um, it might have some interesting issues in it, so we might want to. Get is there it. is there that level of nuance? You get the A team then on the panels. Oh yeah, yeah. You 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 can tell sometimes by it, particularly in three member panel settings. Uh, if you look at your nominees and the and the and the, the five nominees that Whitebo gives to you, and and so yeah, um, they know that for certain fact patterns and situations, it's going to be kind of a waste of time to have you know panelists that 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 aren't doing much. And there's a lot that goes on in panel dynamics. Um, you know, sometimes it, it respondents, I mean, the, the other guys that, that do this, um, other guys, I mean that, you know, collectively, uh, other, 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 uh, people that do this, um, you know, tend to overuse a lot of the same panelists and, and, but by the same token, they tend to pick very experienced panelists because you want someone mm -hmm. who, who's not sitting there in rubber stamp mode all day saying you know oh i got another udrp for wipo i'm gonna train but you know with the three-member panel they have to talk to each other yep. so if both sides have picked very experienced panelists you'll get a you'll get a, a selection list of you know five very inexperienced udrp panelists because that's kind of how they build reliability and consistency into the system is by saying okay well you know Barry Hill and 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 the other guy you know picked um you know these panelists that are are very well known and and published authors why don't we throw some of the some of the B team in there and they can get some <laughs> talking it over yeah. you know and I appreciate that and 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 I mean you know Nat Cohen can go on for days about you know UDRP panelist selection but in any event um you know most of the, most of them are are doing a good job. Some of them, you know, haven't had a lot of exposure. I mean, the domain industry it, it's is is very much a uh, a mystery to to a lot of UDRP panelists, and that's why uh, you know the work that Zach does and, and that the ICA does in various forums, uh, getting uh, engagement, you know, from the IP community and among leading UDRP panelists. Um, you know, not to not to say, hey, let's be friends and you'll rule in my favor, you know, but simply let me give you a broader perspective, you know, on this industry, because UDRP panelists come from the rank of, you know, ranks of trademark lawyers. Mm. Um, and, 
you know, the the domaining community is, you know, a subset of, you know, trademark legal work, um, but, you know, not really familiar to lots of folks. And, and, you know, to some folks, I mean, early on, very early on, you know, the idea, uh, you know, that you could buy or sell a domain name, you know, itself was, you know, kind of, uh, you know, well, what are these people doing selling domain names? Um, we had to get over, you know, a lot of humps over the years, uh, you know, to just carve out a space where people understood there is, you know, legitimate domaining, there is cyber squatting, just like any other industry. Yeah. Um, yeah. There are, you know, responsible players and, and irresponsible players and, you know, practices which, you know, maybe haven't gotten a lot of legal attention one way or the other yet. So, uh, you know, that kind of thing happens. So I've got a specific domain to ask you about, um, the one that we talked about previously on the show, um, Tinkerbell.com, right? So setting aside everything we've been talking about, this was a name that came up for auction on Namejet, and we had a pretty divided panel on the show as to whether or not you should be bidding on this domain, where half the team was saying, hey, this is a trademark a UDRP waiting to happen, and you had other folks saying that it was not, you know? Um, I think I even asked you about this briefly when Braden, I saw you. Braden, for the record, Braden is the one saying this is a, tra- a UDRP waiting to happen. Yeah, he, was team no, he was team no Tinkerbell, you know, so um, Tinker Braden. I was team Tinkerbell. And um, so I think that for a situation like this, you know, it was, a question of, it was a question of like, well, you know, registering and the argument on, you know, saying, hey, this is a trademark infringement issue is that, okay, Tinkerbell is a Disney character, right? Um, and that therefore, you know, well, hold on. I'm just saying this was just the argument that was made. So, Hey, because of that, you know, and they're, you know, it's a well-known character and therefore, you know, getting this domain, you're going to have Disney knocking on your door. You know, I think on, on the other side, what was being said was, you know, I think you've got to look deeper than that to understand like the character of Tinkerbell potentially, what is it? J.M. Barry, you know, Peter Pan, is it, uh, you know, is it public domain, you know, is that public domain? Disney has co-opted, you know, some of these old, like, you know, uh, fairy tales and things and some stuff where the underlying content itself is already available in the public domain. Um, or, and it was also the idea of what your use is, right? We, we brought the, the sort of the hypothetical of if you bought the domain and then you used it to turn it into a stock trading app, similar to Robinhood, um, you know, would that use in and to itself be in, infringing and w- what would happen in the event that, you know, Disney decided to do something. So, I wanted to put that out there since this was one that we talked about on multiple shows and get the the expert opinion and see what your thoughts are on it. Right. I'd, I'd have to I'd have to, I'd have to do some digging. I don't know when, you know, Peter Pan was first published or, or, or what the, the, the copyright and wait a minute. Why is he talking about copyrights? Well, w- when that may have been. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you're you're correct in your assessment of, of, of you know, Disney, you know, pretty much strip mines uh human culture <laughs> and you know refines it down into repackaged intellectual property products but <laughs> strip really, mines human culture i think that is like that's awesome i love it yeah. i love it it demonstrates the value of a robust public domain in the first place because they made uh you know they made a fortune off of you know like fairy tales and legends that have been around you know for a, a long time um, and the, you know, the only way that those, but we make new ones, uh, Pinocchio. right. And that's the a problem, perfect example. Uh, the problem is, is, you know, we, we make new ones, but now, you know, they sort of want to slam the door behind them, 
and say, well, you know, we have contributed to the culture and heritage of humanity, uh, but it doesn't really belong to humanity in the sense that, you know, earlier earlier things did. And, and that's, uh, that's an imbalance that needs to sort itself out. That said, um, you know, Aladdin, say, uh aladdin is uh is a very old story a very old character doesn't belong to anyone the copyright in the story doesn't belong to anyone um but if you have aladdin.com see i always get to well, what are you doing with it you know and, and and that's that's always the next question are you selling you know are you selling animated you know cartoons are you have <laughs> you got any of them animated cartoons <laughs> <laughs> what about magic carpets well, right, because you know, selling selling Aladdin uh, action figures or toys or trinkets or all the other things, um, yeah, I mean, you know, Disney now has has rights in sort of the ancillary marketing that that is inherent in in filmmaking these days. Um, so it can get to be a complicated question. It can get be it can be a somewhat complicated question with literary characters in general. I can write. Uh, I can I can do a movie about about a spy. I can do a movie about a spy from England. I can do a movie about a spy from England who uses a lot of interesting technological devices and drives really cool cars and, you know, is a, a major vector of STDs around the world. <laughs> you know, but by the time my character has, you know, slowly assumed the form of James Bond, you know, then it becomes a question of, you know, well, you know, are you are you really just ripping off, you know, sort of the James Bond uh, character? So, you know, I I would have to do some research into Tinkerbell. I, I, I tend to believe that that Tinkerbell is a, a literary figure in a work that I again, I don't know when when it was. Mm -hmm. So it's, so is that the analysis? So let's say you're a domain investor, right? And you're spending time on Namejet because I think this really will hit our audience, you know, um, and uh you know, you see a name like this come up and you're trying to decide, hey, am I going to bid on this? How much am I willing to risk slash spend slash invest? You know, mm -hmm. is each name where you start to venture into this kind of territory something where you've got to do the analysis to determine? Because, A, when they're going to buy it at auction, they're not going to do any. Let's assume they don't do anything with it at first, right? So they're not buying it to sell it tomorrow. They, they're buying it to think, hey, I might sell this to somebody in five years, right? So let's say they're not going to park it. They're just going to, you know, it's going to just sit there doing nothing until it's sold to some startup that might use it for some, you know, some uh, uh, pharmaceutical technological use, whatever. Yeah. Do you have to go through this analysis to say, hey, let me let me see what this real risk is before, you know, I'm willing to spend that kind of money. And so you would put this one kind of in that gray area territory based on the actual facts themselves. Yeah, yeah, it, 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 yeah, and 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 these things do tend to be fact specific. I, I, I really wish there were like you know general formulas where you, you know, plug in some minimal set of facts in that narrow thing without looking at the, at you know what all the facts are. But, um, you know, I've I've tried because this this has come up on forums and stuff like that. I've tried over the years to come up with, you know, just a a simple formulation of when you might you know want to dig a little deeper um is you know to look at a name and I'm, I'm considering purchasing that name and um to think well well why do i think that name is valuable why where where does the value of that name come from is it you know the potential i see in a, in a future use that it sounds good that it 
that it feels good, that it describes an emotion or thing uh, that would be really good to use uh, as, you know, a, a building block, a foundation on which to build a company? Or does the value of this derive from what someone else has already done? Uh, and maybe, maybe that's it, but, you know, then you can say, oh, well, you know, some new, new thing gets invented and, uh, you know, there's, there's a generic product and there's a race for domain names, you know, related around that generic product. And it's, it's what someone else has done. But I, I guess what I mean is, does the value arise from, you know, the work of, of someone else in particular, uh, you know, or does it, is there some sort of other <clears throat> value in in this as a general term i mean i really frankly drew is probably better at evaluating you know those sorts of gut level considerations uh than i am because you know i'm always afraid someone's going to turn around and say you know oh well you know you were drunk in a bar one night you told me to register this domain name and it would be okay and now i'm being sued so you know i want to take away your license and your livelihood and everything else for malpractice um, I, I mean, these things are, are, I think it really always does fall on the facts, as you said. I think, you know, like my interpretation in, in the case of Tinkerbell is like, all right, so, you know, Tinkerbell.com, I think you alluded to it perfectly. I think, you know, if you ask yourself in your heart of hearts, why is Tinkerbell? It's not a particularly easy name to spell. It's not a particularly, you know, it doesn't really pass the test of, oh, this is what makes an amazing, you know, unicorn brand right so what is it that makes all of us why is it intriguing a name enough that we are all discussing why what brings the value to this name and ultimately i think if you're honest with your heart of hearts it's like well because of the movie of peter pan and disney was probably most likely but that being said it gets nuanced because you could say basically the facts are actually different but let's just say robin hood sort of falls into the same category and so you, you got Robin Hood and, you know, Robin Hood is that, that name Robin Hood is only really famous because of the, you know, embellishment and the story and the copyright created through, you know, Disney and, and the movies and the books, et cetera, et cetera. And so, well, yes, but that was convenient to utilize that fame and the indication of what Robin Hood means to make it into a stock trading app because we're taking from the rich and giving to the poor. And so if you've got, you know, a couple hundred bucks, come on Robin Hood, we're going to steal Ken Griffin's money and give it to you. It's like, yeah, probably get, probably the money's going to fall the other way, but you know, it's a nice thought. So, um, you know, it, 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 it's nuanced that like that Robin Hood name would not have been an effective brand for the Robin Hood financial app if the Robin Hood story hadn't existed and been told. Now, they were only able to utilize that element of that fame because of the actual facts regarding Robin Hood. And, and, and they, they, it is a different fact pattern than, than in the case of Tinkerbell. But in the case of Tinkerbell, if I took the Tinkerbell name and I launched a sneaker brand, and I'm going to be the next Nike. And my slogan is, you know, Tinkerbell shoes gives you wings, right? We're going to steal the Red Bull. We're going to fucking steal from Red Bull. We're going to steal from <laughs> Nike. We're going to steal. We're going to steal from everybody. Disney. Yeah, and, go. you know, Tinkerbell shoes gives you wings, right? And and it's like, you know, fly like a fairy, you know, something like that. You know, 
that's, I guess, where it gets really interesting is like, okay, so now the only reason that this Tinkerbell name is an appropriate brand or carries any weight um, is because we're sort of utilizing the fame around a fairy named Tinkerbell from this story. And without that association of it gives you wings and the wings of the fairy, then we really, you know, we, we got a leaky bucket, right? What do we got? We got a product, yeah. probably a mediocre brand at best. If nobody is exactly. how, how are you gonna? Anything. How how is someone going to brand Tinkerbell? Like what? It's not going to be a fairy. Like what is it? Is it going to be an icon of a bell? I don't understand. I don't know. I, I hate to say it, but I'm kind of Team Braden on this one. Oof! Wow. I, I I wouldn't touch it. Like I personally wouldn't because I think that name and that term was created by an author. Like it wasn't. It, it was it a term before it was in the book, like, or did someone actually come up with that word? Well, so the term, then- the, the the actual, it's a copyright for Tinkerbell as a name, yeah, existed prior to Disney, but Disney, Disney created the character, yeah, by which so know. you know a lot of people associate some of the traits of Tinkerbell that may or may so not so have messy. been in the underlying work. Messy. How do you feel about Sherlock Holmes? I mean, I think it's Sherlock Holmes. Okay, so um, same situation, right? I I mean, it's a character from. Well, I I think it's actually more like the Robin Hood situation. So, like, I, 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 let's say that I had, uh, I'm a private investigator. Let's say that I'm, uh, it might even be a great name for a domain broker, right? You know, 90% of what we do is trying to find dead people and hard to find people. So, like, you know, um, I see dead people. Or make dead people hard to find. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, uh, that's what you do. Uh, so, uh, you know, it's like Sherlock. If I, you know, Sherlock.com, uh, uh, you know, would be a great brand for an investigator or a great brand for sort of data discovery or research or any of no those things, Sherlock. right? Yeah. No shit. No Sherlock. shit Sherlock, right? Yep. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I mean, literary characters are not, you know, per se, uh, are not, are not per se trademarks. And, uh, you know, it's literary characters get, get, you know, kind of tough, but I, 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 the thing is one of the things that comes up on, you know, the domain forums sometimes is, uh, someone says, if I register this, will there be an issue? You know, it's like, well, you were asking the question in the legal. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. You say his <laughs> name. He's like Beetlejuice. Somebody say his name. Kidding. You know, that didn't just no. happen. <laughs> you say his name enough times and he arrives. That's how it goes. My ears were burning. <laughs> <laughs> what is going on? It's, it's the one time. down the <laughs> rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah, it's a one time I say. I actually agree with Brayden on something, and he appears. And he shows up. So, welcome, Brayden. So, for those of you who are not watching but are listening at home, Brayden Pollock, aka Benjamin Button, aka the Archduke of Calabasas, has arrived at the show. He's here. What's happening, man? What's going on? So, as you can see, we've got the one and only John Barry Hill on here. And at the beginning of the show, he was saying that you guys are like really close friends. And he was very disappointed <laughs> that you weren't on this particular episode. He did say, he said, where's Amar and where's Brayden? 
Like, where are they? I didn't agree to come on the show with just you guys. And then he proceeded to say how you guys had had an interaction at the ICA event where I thought you guys would have known each other like pretty well from, you know, just all the years you both have been in the space. But it seems like you guys were like two ships passing in the night. So there was a question as to, are you guys actually friends? And now, now we're going to have it out right here on the show. Well, John, John likes to say that we're not friends. <laughs> who, who does that? I mean, we're not enemies. We don't, we don't have any issue. I'm, I've like there's a lot of room in the middle there between friends and enemies. There's, there's yeah, seven. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah. seven and a half billion people on the planet, and Braden is one of them. You know, <laughs> right. Right. He he likes it in, in typical John Barry Hill fashion. He's like, no, that guy's not my friend. <laughs> <laughs> so to be clear, you know, to, 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 let's say, give you some support, emotional support. You know, for me, it's been clear for a very long time that John and I are not friends. I have a mutual respect or no, sorry, wrong word. I have a tremendous respect for him. I've never to this moment ever understood uh, if it was mutual or not. In fact, I've mostly believed that he thinks I'm insidious. But <laughs> <laughs> we're <laughs> having it out today. This is good. Uh, no, what I, think, a- I think John takes pride in all the people he is not friends with. <laughs> <laughs> John, what do you think, man? Hey, by the way, sorry for that. Uh, you know, Braden is just, you know, he's just, he's, he's got a, key to the rabbit hole you know what i'm saying so he can just jump in whenever he wants well, i was asleep and then my ears were burning and i was like what woke <laughs> me up i'm at six in the morning over here I was like, what's going on so i just thought i would check in to see uh, what's happening i uh you know i uh, drew i i i i try to be i try to be honest and and i i try to um you know i i i express myself honestly and um you start with try. There's an emphasis on, on try. He's I a lawyer. Can, he has to, you know. I can be wrong. I can be wrong. Well, no, not in, you know, I mean, it, it you know, there's there's not, not often, but a member of the community, and then there's possible. being a lawyer. Um, but uh, you know, and and I, you know, every every business has a certain level of bullshit, uh, you know, included uh, at no extra charge. And um <laughs> <laughs> and, and and I do I do have an eye for bullshit, uh, you know, and 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 you know, hey, I, a lot of times I'm wrong, um, but uh, you know, the 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 worst the worst business deal, the worst business idea I had ever seen was back in the '80s uh, when a friend of mine had uh, graduated from a prestigious institution in the Massachusetts area, and he got some money together and he bought a big mainframe server and a room full of modems. And he showed it to me and, he, and, 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 and I said, what are you doing? He said, I'm selling internet access for $5 a month. And I looked at him and I thought, this guy's going to, this guy's going to be eating out of trash cans, you know, in, in a, who on their right mind, who in their right mind would pay $5 a month for internet access. I mean, you, you know, as a, engineering student at the time it's like you know you get you you get that free at, at your research institution and you know you <laughs> work for a company that that you know is connected to the internet so you can do you know telnet and uh and usenet and any you know, the various services that existed before the web you know on the internet uh, dumbest dumbest business idea i ever heard of uh and 
you know, in my patent work, you know, people cannot help but say, you know, do you think this is a valuable idea? And I always tell that story of, you know, if, if I knew a valuable idea, would I be sitting here talking to you? <laughs> <laughs> you know, but Braden still talks to us. So that's great. <laughs> Yay. Uh, all right. Uh, so, Braden, before you showed up, we were talking about Tinkerbell.com. And if you remember, that was one we had talked about. We're not. I'm just going to oh. give them the, just the, to let them know that. Jen ended up on Team Tinkerbell with you, where you had said that you know you would have some concerns around trying to buy that name in a Namejet auction because of potential legal issues. You know, so we were, and it kind of came down to really, it's a very fact specific situation around the Tinkerbell character, the underlying, you know, Peter Pan and all that good stuff. So that was the context by which you were summoned here today. That and the whole thing about Barry Hill came on initially and was like, "Where's Braden?" And we're like, he's not gonna be on the show today. He's like, well, that's bullshit. We're not friends. I'm like, I don't, this, this, none of this reconciles for me. This is really weird right now. And um, he's like, where's Amar? Who the fuck are you guys? You know what I'm saying? Like, I was used to being Braden's friend, and I just wanted to 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 make that clear because the the conspiracy theorist who accused me of being Braden's friend, you know, someone's ne- absolutely now got to go and say, "Oh yeah, there he is on Domain Sherper with his, you know, his good friend Barden Pollock." You know, I don't. <laughs> but <laughs> but it did Pollock. it did it did instigate the I think the second ever conversation in person I had with John. There you go. <laughs> Barton Pollock. I might have to put that down as an AKA now. Barton Pollock. Um, all right. Well, guys, we're, we're up on time. I mean, I think, uh, I think this is, this is it. We only got through one topic of the many that we had on the list. So we're going to have to, we're going to have to do a, a, a rain check on some of these others, but um, yeah, if you guys want to show up, <laughs> no, you know, it's just, we, we got into the trademark discussion. We had a few other things to get into and just, it just, we didn't have time. We, I thought that one or two topics would probably take up a good bit of time. I didn't think it would take up all the time, but it was, but, but all good stuff and super informative. So uh, yeah, all good as we do here on down the rabbit hole. Um, last couple of minutes, John, you have anything. I mean, we always give our guests an opportunity to, promote or at least you know give it you know what you're up to otherwise or if there's a way to contact you if folks want to go to johnberryhill.com if they want to reach out on any stuff would that be the best way anything else you want to share before we uh we say goodbye yeah well yeah i mean you know feel free to get in touch with me um one of my one of my one of my filters is uh on, on one of the forums i say you know don't send me dms send me an email and i don't give my email address because i figure you know if you if you want to find me uh, and, uh, you, you'll, you'll be able to do that. A lot of my work comes from, you know, referrals and, and, and things and, uh, you know, getting, you know, the random, uh, you know, I've got, you know, my Microsoft, uh, Facebook.com, you know, domain name, would you sell it for me? Uh, I, I really like not to get those emails. Uh, so <laughs> it's kind of going to put an auto forward on all the ones I get. Feel <laughs> free to get in touch with me, but I'm not going to tell you how you figure it. Send it to John and CC Braden, you know? So, uh, <laughs> no, 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 it's Bar- CC Barton. CC Barton Pollock. Barton Pollock. Barton Barton Pollock. Uh, um, you know, the, the only other thing I would plug is, is uh, as I mentioned earlier in the show, uh, Zach and the ICA are are doing you know work that that uh, you know I think the entire community would would do well to support. 
A hundred percent. Yeah, we always, uh, you know, obviously supporters of the ICA, sponsors of the ICA were, uh, you know, I think if anybody is involved in the space and you're not sponsoring, um, you know, then you really need to get on that. They're, they do the largest work. sponsor of the ICA among domain brokers, I might add. That's right. Although that's that may right. change now that you, they want to create some frivolous domain yeah. broker policy thing that has no teeth well, that only will help the bad actors and hurt the good actors. Yeah, by classifying the two among the same group. Yeah, I don't, I, I, I don't have an opinion on that, but you know, I, I think you know, uh, Paul Nix made it really clear that you know, there, there's not an endless pool of money at, at GoDaddy, and and um, you know, I think, I think to some extent, and 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 here's here's why you know people say, oh, you know, Barry Hill doesn't like me or he criticizes me or something like that. You know, uh, I, 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 the ICA is doing great work. Uh, indispensable in, in the in the ICANN policy arena. Um, you know, I think there is an issue uh, if, uh, if 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 ICA does not receive you know substantial uh, domainer support, then you know that they turn to you know GoDaddy and other you know say you know presumptively deep pocketed um, sponsors. But uh, you know, domainers face problems from. Uh, certainly the intellectual property community and, and, and domainers are certainly sensitive to, to ICANN policies, but, you know, the domain community is also, you know, sensitive to policies imposed or, 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 you know, required by, uh, you know, the large, large registrars and, and the other service providers who, you know, depend on the business of domainers. And, and certainly there is a, a synergy in having, you know, service providers support for the ICA, uh, you know, but then does it become more difficult to deal with issues, you know, between domainers and, you know, GoDaddy has made some recent announcements that, that, that people, you know, were not necessarily happy with, you know, there's a lot of consolidation. So, you know, I, I, I'm, you know, you can't just pretend that everything is just a, an unadulterated blessing. Um, you know, certainly there are things that GoDaddy does well. Certainly, there are things that, that GoDaddy does not well, but there is that that opportunity. For Do you have 15, 20 minutes to go over and, and get into that one? Because <laughs> that's the bare knuckle round. I like bare knuckle round. Uh, let's let, let's do or that. Or we can reserve for another show. Reserve that for another show. Let's let things go down the road a little bit further. Uh, you know, I, I I think there's there's opportunity for. Uh, you know, some little mushrooms to grow up on the forest floor around the big trees. So we'll see what. Happens. <laughs> oh, well said. Well said. Um, all right. Well, look, with that again, um, John, appreciate your time, man. This was a great show. We're so happy to have you on here. This is exactly what we wanted when we relaunched this down the rabbit hole series. Braden, thank you for jumping down the rabbit hole last minute to say what's up so that you guys, so we could be here for the, uh, for this uh, little reunion of this besties reunion, if you will. (laughs) (laughs) And appreciate obviously Drew and Jen as always. And, uh, and to the audience, listen, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. As I say, in every show without you, there's no us. Um, You know, we're just getting started with the down the rabbit hole stuff. And uh, Jen and I are, are super wide open to feedback and comments. And, you know, obviously we're willing to take some of the chatter that we see out there in the universe and uh, bring it onto the show and, and, you know, and, and shine lights in the, in the darkness, if you will. And uh, so, yeah. So, uh, Jen, anything on your end before we go? Nah, mate. It's like nearly 1 a.m. here, so 
<laughs> no, no doubt. No doubt. All right. Well, with that, we'll say goodbye. Thank you to everybody. Uh, and we'll say uh, fair fairin, which is what uh, the Mad Hatter says to Alice, which is the Scottish phrase that means good journey. May you travel far under fair skies and even further down deep, dark rabbit holes. So see everybody next time on Domain Sherpa, where all roads lead to domains. Peace out.